you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Buck on a very special occasion because uh, if you don't know, we have big college football weekend. Everybody knows we've got Notre Dame and Ohio State, Buck. We've got Oregon, Georgia. you got some other big matchups. But for this podcast, there's only one game this weekend, and that is the North Carolina Tar Heels traveling to Boone, North Carolina to take on the Appalachian State Mountaineers. It has now been officially dubbed the Move the Six Classic. Yeah, the Moose is classic. I got my underdog Tar Heels trying to figure out if they can knock off the heavyweights uh, up there in Boone. So it, it should be a ton of fun. Um, the atmosphere has been electric. And talking to some of my friends back in North Carolina, people up in Boone, they're really excited, anticipating what is to come over the course of the weekend. And then I got some Tar Heels that are excited about traveling up to Boone, kind of seeing it in a very raucous environment to see if the little train that could, the little mighty Tar Heels, 
if they can go knock off, you know, the heavyweights, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's it. The home of Michael Jordan, the little engine that could, uh, heading up the hill. Way. Yeah, maybe maybe Lawrence Taylor can lead us out the tunnel, you know, try and get us going, you know, because we're facing insurmountable odds this week, taking on the Mountaineers. Uh, I'll tell you tough. what, this is, this, this is going to be a fun one. It's going to be a fun game, but I think you guys are going to enjoy this podcast too. Even if you're not a fan of these two programs, yeah, I'm sure most of you aren't. Um, Hey, don't turn this off because you're going to get a chance to to hear from a couple coaches that are that are real, first of all, great men, but great guys to learn from. And, and not just talking about this game, we're going to touch on kind of the landscape of college football and how that's changed and how to navigate those waters. Um, uh, we've done this when they played previously. Uh, excited to be able to do it again today where we have Mac Brown, a Hall of Famer, Mac Brown, head coach at North Carolina. Uh, he's going to come on and talk with us here in a second. And then he's going to be followed up by Sean Clark, my college teammate who's a head coach at App State. Um, who's kind of, you know, he's he's got some uh, some impressive victories on his tally and, and some big upsets along the way. So uh, I think you guys will enjoy these two conversations uh, with these two coaches. And then uh, on the back end of it, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. But here's our conversation with North Carolina head coach, Mac Brown, App State head coach, Sean Clark. It is always a great day on the Move the Six podcast when I have an opportunity to bring in my former coach, College Football Hall of Famer, Mac Brown, leader of the North Carolina Tar Heels, to the program. So, Coach, we're on with Daniel Jeremiah, an App State alum. And so <laughs> this is our opportunity to have a little conversation. And we'll also bring we'll bring DJ in the fold for a little bit. But how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great, Becky. Thank you. So proud of you and all you've accomplished and love you and your family. And uh, your picture's up on the, the wall in my office because every time these recruits come in, I want to tell them how proud I am of you. And, and uh, you, you've done an amazing job of being a coach and being a mentor for young people and, and still being able to have another job. So when people think that life's easy and you don't have to work, you got two jobs. <laughs> it is all good, Coach. So you have been around the game for a long time. And I think now more than ever, college football is different. Uh, than we've ever experienced it. Like so many of us grew up loving the game. What has been the biggest difference for you in coaching in 2022 as opposed to yesteryear? Bucky, there's been more differences in the last three years since I've come back into coaching or maybe four the year before I came back in than my other 30 years. It's been really interesting that first was early signing day. Now you're you're looking at freshmen, you're looking at sophomores before they're shaving uh, at first, I'd say, what's his transcript look like? Well, he hasn't got one. <laughs> you know, he's only got one semester of high school. He's a freshman. Uh, and, and then you, what's the growth spurt for those guys? They're, they're 25s now. So what will they look like in three years or four years? So that was different. And then official visits in the spring, you would come in December. You, you and yeah. Daniel would come in December, January, and sign in February. Mm-hmm. And really, the recruiting didn't even start till then. Uh, and now we're offering scholarships and getting commitments in March, April, and May, and June. So it, it's just, it's changed completely. Uh, and therefore, then you go to Transfer Portal, which is is made roster management a nightmare because you're never sure who's going to be there. We, we had some receivers leave last year, and we couldn't get some others in with the Transfer Portal because of the academics at Carolina. And so we're short. We're, we're thin in that area, and, and it, it can just happen. Guys just leave, and 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 we we put in some of these rules, Bucky and Daniel, without having guidelines. So mm-hmm. we need some guidelines. And yesterday they put in a guideline that you can only transfer in these windows, and that's going to help it some. And maybe 
fewer guys will be quitting at midseason just because they want to go look around. They'll have to wait now till the end of the year. I think it's it's December 5th. Um, so so that'll make that a little bit better. And then on top of that, you add uh, NIL, name, image, and likeness. And there's a lot of great things with NIL. But once again, we made decisions without having any background, any guidelines. So the NFL has more guidelines than college football on, on uh, salary. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're doing. We've lost amateurism. And, and when I was told that three years ago, I said, that'll never happen. College football is about amateurs playing. They're kids. And that's what we do. Well, you, you know Sally, my wife, really well, Bucky. And she said, you know, artists can get paid for their art in college and musicians can get paid for their music. Why shouldn't we be able to pay athletes for, for their skills and their name, image, and likeness? And I said, I got it. But, but now we've got Lamborghinis and we've got uh, all these wow. fancy cars and, and we've got um, million-dollar deals that are out there. And, and we're, we're, we're having families make decisions based on money instead of education and where they're going to live when they get through. And, and I'm, I'm concerned about that. So, so we've got to put some guidelines in all of these new phases to try to get it back to, to where you're talking about education. You're talking about your life after football. And, and then you're, you're not just talking about what $50,000 does for us, because we all know 50,000 after taxes gets cut and, and, and then they spend it really quickly. So you shouldn't be making lifetime decisions on $50,000. Coach, there's so many different areas. You, you're, you just laid it all out of all the different things you got to try and navigate. One of the simple things I was thinking of, I know you guys have played a game, but a lot of, a lot of teams kick off for the first time this weekend was, I mean, when you release the depth chart, it used to be in the past, you release a depth chart and maybe, you know, a kid looks at it and he's, he's three, he thought maybe he'd be two and maybe has a chance to be a starter. And Hey, you know, I got to work harder and we'll try and earn our way into the lineup. I would imagine now they're finally putting in some restrictions, but man, you probably sitting there a little nervous when you put out your first depth chart, just wondering, man, am I going to have roster attrition right now? Daniel, a guy can transfer within five minutes on an app on his phone. It's that easy now. And and a lot of young guys made poor decisions. I think about 40% of the kids last year didn't get a scholarship that went to portal. So I think we'll see it slow down some. But I, I was looking, 48% of the quarterbacks in FBS didn't start at their school, their current school. Five of the starting quarterbacks in the ACC are transfers. I mean, it's just crazy what's happening. And what we've tried to do, and, and, and it's no different than when we coach Bucky, is we've just said this is who we are. And, and if you don't want to be here, I got it. If you're, you're not going to play, I got it. We'll help you get somewhere else. Try to get your degree from Carolina because that's important. But if you want to leave, man, I'm, I'm the first one to try to help you. And we'll, we'll support you and we'll be with you. But we've got to play the players that play the best. We've got to play the guys that earn the right to play. And, and I do think this, Daniel, we, we, we made a mistake last year in that we didn't play enough of the backups. Because now if you don't play them, that's who's leaving. Mm-hmm. Your backups are leaving. You could have a great player bought off your campus. People tried to buy Josh Downs. Mm-hmm. And, and I got it. Josh is such a good young person. He wanted to stay and he loves Carolina. But he got offered a lot of money to leave. And I, what could I tell him if, if he took it? I mean, mm-hmm. I got it. I understand. Coaches leave for a lot of money. So if you want to leave for, for money, but if you're not playing a guy, his parents think he's an NFL guy. They're all frustrated he's not starting. 
So all of us are going to have to look at making sure that the, the, the backup guy gets more playing time, and it's tough when he's not playing well. But you've got to get him out there, and you've got to get him some experience, or you're going to lose him. We, we lost a linebacker last year that didn't play enough, and, and now we're thin at linebacker. So your special teams suffer, and also your depth suffers when you have guys leave. So that's what we're all looking at dealing with now. You know, Coach, it's interesting you talk about that part of it. I wonder now because the transfer portal and always the fear of leaving, is it harder to coach hard, as they say now, than ever before? Is it hard to have those confrontational discussions where you have to get kids to raise their play? Or do you avoid those for fear of losing a backup or a prominent player? Bucky, it's a great question. And you know me, we still we haven't changed any. <laughs> we still have the hard discussions, and, and and I've said, love you, appreciate you, going to take care of you off the field. If you're not playing well enough, I can't play you. That's not fair to the team. It's not fair to you. you you're not going to get something without earning it. That's one of the problems I've got with NIL. It, it's about their ball. It's not about their brand. If they don't play good, they're not going to have money. So they, they just need to understand that because we're still teaching life's lessons. But um, I, I think it's an awful thing if we change our coaching because of the transfer portal, what I do think we've got to do a better job is a better job of evaluating who really fits at the school in recruiting, who wants to be here, who's going to stay here after those tough conversations instead of a guy you had to beg or, or some people had to lie to to get them to come. And then the first time there's, there's a little bit of a crisis, they're out of here. Coach, I would think that in terms of keeping guys together, um, having that tight-knit group, that camaraderie amongst your players would help them want to stay together and be around each other. Uh, you know, you've you've been known for a long time of uh, fostering such a great culture. What, what's the key to creating a culture where these guys want to kind of come up together and stay together and be together for a few years? Daniel, number one, you've got to recruit the right people. you gotta, you got to get the right coaches that fit your place and will fit the kind of player that comes here. And then number two, Bucky can tell you that it's really hard to get in school here. And these kids are brilliant in school. So you got to be careful who you bring in. Because if you're in the classroom and you're not comfortable, then, then you're going to be worn out by the time the game comes because you've had to study so hard. So you got to make sure they, they like to be here, they want to be here, and that they fit our, our university, number one. And, and then we're hard on kids. People don't mm -hmm. think we are, but ever, you better do what you're supposed to do. You better show up on time. You better act right. You better present yourself properly. Uh, you better take your hat off when the, an older person walks up and says hello <laughs> to be respectful. Uh, you better shake that hand strong and you better look them in the eye. And so this place isn't for everybody, Daniel. Uh, mm -hmm. But when you get the right kids here, then they understand. And the older guys have that culture in place. So they help the younger guys understand. And, and it's Bucky's team that was so good was a, a player-led team. The Dre Blyes team, Julius Peppers, Greg Ellis, Brian Simmons, those guys had a player-led team. Some of the great teams at Texas were player-led teams. So the older guys take care of that culture when they all understand what it is. We've got eight guys on this staff that, that played for me here, Daniel, which is really wow. cool for me. And all eight of them said not much has changed. They, they all think I'm softer and I don't yell as much and I'm not as hard on them, but that's, that's I got that. That's, that's fair. Uh, but they, they said the, the message, the culture, not much has changed. 
Buck, Buck, I want to jump in and piggyback that real quick, Coach, because this can kind of get us to this game that we have this weekend because App State, Sean Clark's one of my teammates, is, is the head coach there. There's coach, I think Dale Jones has been there 20-something years. But, I mean, what you touched on it. You've got guys that have played for you that understand it and get it. How much, you know, I, I think you get criticized. Some people get criticized. Oh, we just hired within the family or we didn't go outside. But, man, you're talking about two programs that that know who they are and what they're about. And I think a lot of that's because you have so much continuity. Daniel, I agree completely. You you look at what uh, uh, Sparky Woods and I've laughed some about what it was when we got there at Appalachian State and to see what it's become. And, and Jerry Moore deserves so much credit. But when I first walked in there, the the South uh, the Southern Conference didn't even have recruits that would spend the night on campus. They just came in for the day. And I, I just left LSU. I said, what? <laughs> yeah, you bring them up for lunch. And I said, no, 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 man, we're keeping them over. And some of the coaches, I, I remember Dick Sheraton was at Furman. They said, that's cheating, man. You can't do that. And I said, it's not cheating. That's what people are doing all over the world. And, and then we had, uh, we, we had state cars. We didn't even have dealer cars when we got there. We were teaching class. So, so much has changed. But when Jerry Moore started winning national championships and they've stayed in the family pretty much ever since that, nothing changes. And, and it all works. And, and it works because that's who they are. There, there is a standard there of excellence. And, and, and there is a, a culture. And, and it's in place. And Sean played for Stacy Searles, mm-hmm. who was our offensive line coach. And, and all those guys know Coach Clark, and they know how great a job he's doing there. And they all want to come there, and it doesn't change. It just, it just, they just keep getting good players that nobody knows about, and they keep developing them, and they keep winning, and and uh, that's just part of who they are, and and we're headed that way. They're ahead of us uh, in number of years. They've done this, and how they're doing it, the confidence they're doing it with, and that's what we've got to get back. We had that here before, and now we've been too inconsistent. So we've got to get that back where we know we're going to play hard every Saturday, and we know we're going to play well. We may not play great all the time. But we're going to play as hard as we can all the time, and 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 that's I'm a reflection of this program, and that's what we have to get back to. I didn't I didn't like last year. Yeah, coach, it's funny like watching you because I know you so well, just your mannerisms and stuff. It seemed like last year was very very frustrating you for a number of reasons, whether it was the oversized expectations, the inconsistent performance, and those things. But because you've been around for such a long time, how do you navigate those down moments? How do you take what you are and give real, honest criticism to your team and coaches and say, look, this is where we need to get back to after having a disappointing year? Lucky, I'm harder on myself than anybody else. I, I read something from Tom Landry once that said, you, you learn from losing. That's really hard for me. I, I can learn from it, but, man, it, it hurts because you work so hard. And, and somebody got to lose. I got it. The, the people get mad when you say 50% of the teams that play every Saturday lose, but it's facts. <laughs> Especially since we've got overtime, you can't even tie anymore, man. You either win or you lose, period. Um, and, but I, I think the, the biggest thing is I've got to do a better job of growing up and maturing at 71 and handling a loss better and learning from it. Like Coach Landry said, last year I, I knew we weren't eighth in the country and couldn't do anything about it. And, and I didn't want to tell the team we weren't eighth in the country. We're not any good. Uh, and then I could see we weren't practicing well. I was coaching, hustling. Just the things we had built on for two years weren't there. 
And and some of it was we recruited so well, some younger players were beating out older players, and that's hard for your culture. And and I, I got it. Uh, but I just didn't ever know who was going to show up. And that's the most miserable thing for a coach in the world. People say you didn't look happy. It's I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't. I didn't know who, who my team was. Uh, this team, and maybe because we've done a better job of putting our thumb on it and starting back over, this team's practiced hard every day. They played really hard the other night. We're not great. We've got a lot of things we've got to fix. But, man, they're going to play hard. They're going to play hard Saturday. And and I know that. And I know that now. They practiced hard today. So that that's more fun. to. It's a lot more fun to coach a team when you know they're going to give you all you got. If you, if I get all they've got and it's not good enough, we'll go to the, the next game. But, but I don't want to leave a game out there where I didn't think we, we gave it everything we had. Coach, I didn't uh, I didn't get a chance to see the game last week, but I box score scouted, uh, as we like to call it. And holy crud, your quarterback put up some monster numbers. And I know I know when I'm talking to of all people, when you when you talk to agents on the phone, I think they're ahead of scouts in terms of even figuring out who this next wave of guys are. And I've heard your quarterback's name come up multiple times. It seems like he's going to be a sought after guy whenever that time comes. Young player. Uh, but tell me a little bit about Drake May. Yeah, six five, two twenty. Can, can run a lot better than people anticipated he could run. Uh, athletic family. His dad led the ACC in passing at Carolina. His, Look at Bucky dad, smiling right now as you're doing this, Coach. I mean, his, he is his just dad was a, a graduate assistant for me when we first got here. I love Mark and mm-hmm. Amy, his mom. Yeah. And then a brother wins a national championship in baseball at Florida. Another brother's great basketball player that wins championships here at Carolina. So he's been the little brother who's been beaten up his whole life. He had to compete to eat. Um, and, and he is uh, uh, he's smart. He's uh, very confident. Um, people would say, what are we going to get on the road with a rookie going to a tough environment in Boone this weekend? I think he'll play good. we got to protect him. But I, not much bothers him. And, and he has been that way. He was winning races this summer and in uh, summer camp. He was beating some defensive backs and receivers, and I was laughing at him. And they said – Man, his legs are too long. I said, well, he can do that. You know, that, that's an advantage God gave him. Uh, but he's um, he was very poised the other night. He played better than I thought he would in an opening ball game. And then again, he, uh, he still was really hard on himself after the game, which I love seeing because he knows there's some things that he missed and things he can do better. So I'm, I'm really excited about his upside for the future. And and you're, you're one play away from the next guy playing, and Jacoby Criswell was the Gatorade Player of the Year in Arkansas, and he, he played really well throughout the spring and the, the summer, and it came right down to the end. Some people said we just held it to the end so he couldn't transfer. That wasn't the case. Jacoby Criswell was really good, and I told him this morning, you're one play away, bud, so you better be ready to, to, to go out there at any moment. So um, so we, we're, we're in good shape in the quarterback room I, I applaud Phil Longo because where so many transfer quarterbacks are having to play now, we've got a really healthy quarterback room, and 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 that's a, a real credit to him. You know, Coach, uh, one of the things that I learned from my time at Carolina is, like, when you're the underdog like we were, uh, you have to find some motivational tactics to make it mean stuff. So because we're the underdog this week against App State. You're not the underdog. The what, things, what are you talking about? One Come of the on, things that people in Vegas. But one one of the things that we did is we decided because it was important for us to be the best team in the state. And so when you think about the state championships and how we used to put the colors on for beating Duke, State, and Wake Forest, well we've now added 
App State, and at the Move the Sticks podcast, what we decided is we need a trophy for this game because yeah. it's really important for us to kind of run across the field when we win and grab the victory bell or the trophy. I think we have a trophy that we've created that That's we're going to make sure that if the Tar Heels come out on top, we're going to make sure we send you something to put in your trophy case. So the Move the Sticks Classic this yep. weekend in Boone, we're going to make sure that if the Tar Heels win that, we're going to send that trophy. We're going to put that in the trophy case. Uh, I like it, Bucky. Uh, I, I think it's important. We played uh, – we, we didn't beat anybody when you first got here. So we had to start by beating somebody, and we said, let's at least beat our neighbors. Uh, so we, we, we can get – so we started a state championship at that time, and that's still important. If you can't beat your neighbors, then you're not going to be where you want to be. You, you can't get national unless you win regional. And, and that's just part of the deal. And, and um, the App State beat us three years ago which I know you're probably aware of because people probably threw it in your face in your own business world. Yeah. Um, so I, I got that without question. Uh, but I, I, I think it's a, it's a great idea. We're seven and three against in-state teams. Uh, we've beaten Duke three times. We've beaten state twice. Uh, we've beaten Wake twice. We lost to Wake. Uh, we lost to state. And we lost to uh, App State. Uh, uh, four points by state, three points by App State, and six points by Wake Forest. So, those games are important. And and what we've got to do is it, last year's team did not play well on the road. And and good teams do and, and average to bad teams don't. So I've told this team, if you're going to be a good team, you got to play on the road. And you got two, uh, two of the best FCS programs in the country, or group of five programs in the country uh, the next two weeks. They're both really good. They're at the top of the, the game. They can compete to get in, in January one bowls. Um, in the January 6th games every year. Uh, Georgia State next week's the best program they've ever had. Uh, App State is sixth in the country in number of wins at home since 2014 when they went to FBS. And I sat there, uh, Daniel, a long time with, with Coach, uh, Coach Moore talking about should they go from FCS to FBS or not. And I didn't think so. Mm-hmm. Coach Moore and I really felt like you're winning national championships, man. That's as good as it gets. Keep it that way. But they've done an amazing job by, by going to the next level and competing and winning. So, obviously, I was wrong, uh, and they were right when they made that decision. Yeah, I was a little nervous when they did it too, Coach, because I was, I was enjoying uh, watching those national championships from afar and, and seeing what they were doing. Um, you know what? I mean, just tell your guys. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we got some bleachers up there. Maybe a couple hundred fans at the game. You know, I don't know. At least they'll see some pretty leaves and stuff. You know, it'll just be a very calm, uh, just laid back environment for your guys going up there. So just tell them, be ready. There's not going to be much energy in the building. They might have to bring their own juice a little bit. You know, it's not a very fired up town right now. So I just say hey, it's going to be a sleepy boom. Credibility now. He only just, lied when he opened his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Just coach, sleepy boom. By the way, Georgia State coached by coached by another one of my former coaches, uh, yeah. Coach Elliott. So that's uh, it's coach App State everywhere. Well, and he and Coach Clark, they both they, they run a lot of the same stuff. It's the same type mentality. It's toughness. It's it's run the inside zone, the outside zone. Uh, play great defense, and they're really well coached in the kicking game. And I'm so proud of the the Appalachian fans too. You know, when we were there, they were good. But And we opened up beating Wake Forest our first game and then came home and played this team called James Madison I'd never heard of and Gary Clark and Charles Haley 
oh, happened geez. to end up being on that team. And <laughs> it was Mac Brown Day, Bucky, after we beat Wake and we get beat 28-24. So that, that <laughs> Mac Brown Day died really quickly. But the uh, the App State atmosphere, the fans, uh, there, there is a lot of talk about that this weekend. Good for them. Uh, it's great for college football when fans can come and be passionate and, and make it a special game. And I told our guys yesterday, if you didn't want to go play it in big crowd, you shouldn't have come here. Mm-hmm. I mean, man, don't, don't say, oh, God, they're going to be loud. Got a hope. It's a lot better than being empty. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's not hard to get ready to play when they're full. It's hard to get ready to play when you, you say, hey, and you hear the echo. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. And Bucky and I and Daniel, we've all been in those. Oh, yeah. It's not fun. No, I, you want to go where it matters. And this game this weekend matters to a lot of people. Coach, I got to give you this one, then I'll let Bucky wrap it up. But uh, thinking about Coach Elliott, when I was there, they did a spring game, and Coach Moore said, okay, I'm going to let Satterfield coach one team. I'm going to let Elliott coach the other. Now, they both have gone on and, and are head coaches. Uh, but I I, uh, I was with Satterfield, I believe, on that one. And so they gave uh, – I had the first pick. So I, it was me and him. We're going to pick the rosters for the spring game. It's the smartest decision I've ever made, Coach. I took our starting center with the first pick. Uh, then they took, you know, one of our best receivers. I took our backup center with the second pick. They couldn't get a snap the whole day. It's the best <laughs> roster management I've ever done. I love it. I love it. Well, Coach Elliott last year at the Georgia State game, I looked down there and he's running around butting the players. Oh, he's bleeding. With their, he their helmets and he's bleeding. And I said, I'm afraid to go down there and say hello. Oh, he's crazy. He's <laughs> he crazy. Hit me too. But so great. In, in both cases, with those Jerry Moore coaches, that coaching tree, the players play so hard for them. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want. You want you as a head coach, that team's a reflection of you. And and I've been proud of some of the games we've played here. I haven't been proud of a whole year yet. And and both Georgia State and, and App State play hard every play of every game. We've got to get there. That that's the next step for us. And and our guys know it and, and it, it's coming. Um, it's it's like when Bucky was around, Woody Durham asked me when we, we tied Georgia Tech or Georgia Tech tied us 10 to 10 when they won the national championship. And and uh, Woody said, are, are we good? And I said, not yet, but we're going to be. I don't know when it's going to be, but we're going to be. And and I'll say the same thing here. I'm not. We're going to be good. I'm not sure if it's this weekend, but it's coming. We're big, we're pretty, and we're fast. And I'm, I'm seeing a, a lot of things growing toward being a really good program again and I'm, I'm excited about that well coach we're really excited and i appreciate you taking the time uh to entertain us during our little robbery that we have here the move to six classic and better yet i'm really excited to see what you guys look like this weekend thanks so much for joining the podcast coach thanks bucky well i screwed over you last time because you had to put up with him after we lost the game so, <laughs> I, I know there's a tremendous amount of pressure on me but none more than trying to make your weekend good with that. I should have got the trophy when you first got there, Coach. Now you've had time to build this thing. Now we get the trophy. It's terrible timing. Terrible timing on my part. That's great, Coach. Thank you. Thanks, Coach. You're the best, man. We appreciate you. you later. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, 
you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today. Snag a job is where America goes to hire, with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier, connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home all right buck we had a chance to hear from your head coach mac brown it's time to bring in my head coach my former teammate my former left tackle sean clark head coach at app state sean how's it going man it's going great dj just uh it's a beautiful day in boone it's about 75 degrees and the sun's shining so uh went for my afternoon walk and uh, it's, it's packed king street you can't get through king street and 321 and 421 is very packed right now 
All right. So Bucky, you know, Bucky's been up the mountain. He knows a little bit about what we're about up there, but can you give us a little bit of a scene set for all our listeners, everybody watching right here about kind of where it was when we were there in the late nineties in terms of, and we drew well, but in terms of what the expectation is just for a crowd standpoint, environment standpoint, uh, as the Tar Heels come up the hill this weekend. Well, again, they love you when you win or tie in Boone. It's uh, one of those deals now. And, you know, when we played, you know, there was always expectations. And the expectation was when the conference would go to the playoffs. And, and those expect, expectations have been there for a long time since Coach Moore was here. And, you know, we made the transition from the FCS to FBS. And, uh, and we were very successful early on. Uh, Scott Satterfield took us to multiple championships. Eli came in and won, we won 12. And, you know, and now it's it, either you win the conference and win a bowl game or it's not good enough. And those are great expectations. I, I think that's, people say it's pressure, but I think it's, that's a good pressure. There's people, the expectation are to win. So uh, we've been very fortunate that Doug, our athletic director has given us everything we have to, had to be successful. And, uh, but it's, it's a great place to be right now. I mean, you can, we can win here and have a great, a great quality of life. So we're very proud of what we, what we made here. Well, that culture has been established for a long time. Uh, when you take over, how do you keep it going? Like, how do you keep it going while still injecting some of your own personality into the program? Well, I think it starts with recruiting. And, uh, you know, we, we're not recruiting Power 5 players. It's hard for us to get Power 5 players. But what we do is we try to find players that love football and players that want to get a world-class degree and play for championships. And in, rec in the recruiting process, we just don't watch our highlight tapes. I make our head coach, the position coaches, recruiting coaches, you know, watch the highlight. I, I want to watch two full games. To see, you know, how things, how, how are they playing when things aren't going their way? Are they a great teammate? Are they a great leader? And that's been very successful for us. We've had a great walk-on program here. Uh, last year, three of our starters in the defensive line were walk-ons. So I think it's all starts to getting the right kind of guy. And you have to want to come to Boone, North Carolina. It, it's not easy to get to. You're an hour off the interstate. Um, it snows in Boone. So if we get the right kind of people and, and the blue-color work ethic we're looking for, then we have a chance to be successful. How nice is it, Sean? I, I would guess you, in talking to some of your buddies at, at some of the traditional powerhouse programs, it, in some ways it's got to be nice not to be beholden or worried about star ratings or recruiting rankings. Like I know, I know for a fact I've got buddies as you do that bring some guys in. Or like, man, I didn't really even. He's a local kid. He's a four-star kid, so we kind of had the pressure. We needed to recruit him and bring him in, and he's not really our kind of guy, or he's not a great fit. Um, how nice is it to just go out there and say, we're going to find the best football players that fit, not worry about any of that nonsense. That's what I love about it. And I coached in the Big Ten, and I was at Purdue, and you were always chasing, you know, where, where, where did you end up in the end of the season in recruiting? Were you, were you in the middle of the tier, the, in the bottom of the Big Ten? And here you don't worry about that. I mean, we don't have that a big uh, following as far as recruiting goes, as you know, what our rankings are. So we get the best kind of football players. And and for us, they come in all shapes and sizes. And I speak about our defensive line last year. Caleb Sperling was 5'10 at best, 245 pounds, was an all-conference football player. He was a, a state championship wrestler. We got him to walk on, and by the third day, he had already given three or four concussions uh, to people on our team. So uh, we started off at fullback, and then we had to move him to defensive line. And, you know, I think that's what makes our program special is – we're, we want to get the best kind of people first and then the best football players. And we don't care where you come from, what your star rankings are, who is recruiting you. Uh, can you. Can you help us win? And are, are, are you are our kind of guy? And that, that's important for our program. You know, Sean, I'm, I'm, I'm curious because as a high school coach, you, you touched on something that I'm always fascinated about when you talk about developmental program. And so you've been at bigger big schools. You said you were at Purdue in the Big Ten. What's the difference when you had a developmental program 
as opposed to a plug and play program that lives on the four and five star recruits. Well, I can speak for offensive linemen because I coached offensive line for 20 years. And when you're in the Big Ten, you you had to have size. It had to be six foot five at least, you know, 290, 300. And then when you come to Skook Appalachian State, if they're 6'5", 290, and we're getting them, they're probably not a good football player. <laughs> so, you know, we and, – and then, you know, when I first got here, I tried to recruit the 6'5", the 250, 260 kind of players, and we were always getting plucked. Uh, last year, the, the starting left tackle for the Miami Hurricanes was committed here for six months. The starting right tackle for North Carolina, Wyatt Tunall, was committed here for eight months. And they always got picked the last weekend. So we kind of did a different – as far as recruiting linemen, we went for more of a tight end body. Um, that could run. We always try to recruit for speed in our style of offense. You know, size matters, but again, to me, the name of the game now is how athletic you are and how, how fast can you run and can you play with speed. Um, and I speak with that. Ryan Newsel, who, who came here as a tight end from Florida, you know, he was six foot two, 235 pounds when he got here. And now this is starting his second year with the Atlanta Falcons. He's, he ended up being six two, 285 pounds and a great football player. So um, that's what we look for. And again, you know, I tell our coaches all the time, we're not getting those kind of players. We're just not. So go find – and you have to dig a little harder, recruit a little harder, find out more about them. And I always ask the coach, does he love football? And if that coach does not sign off on him, we will not take him. Sean, we were talking to, to Coach Brown, and, uh, you know, they have a big-time receiver. I'm sure you studied him this week getting ready for this game. He said they were programs coming in trying to poach him and, and offer him tons of money, and they were able to keep him. He didn't end up leaving. I got to imagine that you deal with some of the same things when you've got guys that can really run and are productive. And I'm sure there's some power five programs coming to try and pluck these kids off. How were you able to, uh, to maintain the roster and not have much attrition at all in the portal era? Well, we were in a different time and age right now with the NIL deals. And, you know, we did have some players that were, that were called, if you will, <laughs> to, to, to leave. And, and we brought those guys, we brought them in. And so listen, you have so much best in this program right now. You have one year to play and, you're going to go to, and you're going to lose credits when you transfer to X, Y, or Z university. Do you want, do you really want to do that? And we can give you every opportunity to play at the highest level. You know, we've had a draft pick here for the last seven years, the national football league. Um, so that, that was some bittersweet moments. We do have an, an NIL program here. So we're able to, to do things, not like the bigger schools. We might get a free ice cream or a free Wendy's from Dr. Furman. <laughs> um, but, but, um, but we, do have some things, <laughs> we do have some things in place, but, you know, I think it goes back to getting, you know, the right kind of guys and guys that, that bleed black and gold and, and want to be here. And these these guys, these fifth and sixth year seniors, they want to leave their mark on the program. And I think that's what makes it so special for us. See, Buck, we give them a free ski pass, a frosty, and we have some furniture connections. We get you a little little discount on a futon. And that's all you need, baby. We'll go play that's some the, ball. That's the, that's the college atmosphere. So one of the things that Coach Brown talked about in really being, I guess, envious of your program, he talked about, how hard you guys play, and how tough you guys are. Um, and he, he, he went back and talked about how that's always been a foundation of the pre- program going all the way back to Coach Moore. What is it about your guys that you're able to get them to play hard down after down and they exhibit that toughness at every turn? Well, I think it goes back to when DJ and I played here, and even before that. you know, We, have, we still have 6 a.m. workouts, and you can really weed some guys out of your program really quick. And, and DJ can attest for this. I mean, we still do stations in the morning time. They're, they're five days a week. And we, you're going to find out if you love football or not. And the one thing I love about our program is the upperclassmen who've been through this. You know, I don't have to be the police officer in the locker room. Our upperclassmen do that for us. And they'll walk them off and say, hey, he, he's not an app guy. 
And before you know it, he's no, no longer on our program. And there's a standard to be played here. And we've had some really good football players here. If you watch, I speak more on the offensive line because that's what I'm specific about. But if you don't sprint to the football every single play, you don't play here. And if you're a, a receiver, if you don't block, you don't play here. And I'm very adamant about that. And so there are some great players that could have been great players here that never played because they wouldn't block. So I think that goes into it on defense. If you're not spraying the football, when we pause the, the tape, if there's not 11 hats around the football, that's a loaf, and they don't play here. And I think we've done a really good job the last 30 years of making that a point of emphasis. Tell me about this year's team a little bit, Sean. What's the, what's the identity? I know you know the toughness is, as you mentioned, is always going to be part of it, and it's always going to be part of app. But every team has a little different personality, a little different identity. What do you what do you know about this group so far? Well, I think this team is when I say committed, we're fully committed. And the last you know last year was different with the COVID year seniors. There's we had some great players here, but they've been six years in the program, and they weren't very fond of the six a.m. workouts. We all had to go through it. It wasn't like <laughs> We didn't let anyone off, but we have some young guys. When I say young guys, we have some inexperienced guys that have been here for a while, and they're eager to go out there and play. And we have a very, a very mature football team. Uh, they've handled this game very well. I mean, we really didn't talk about North Carolina on Sunday, and that was the elephant in the room. But we really try to go back and concentrate on Appalachian State. What can we do to make us better? But I like the I like the, the blue-collar uh, work ethic, and they've had a business approach, very um, – just focus on the task at hand. And every single day it was someone new was making plays or staying out. And it really became very competitive this year because we, again, we had zero returning starters coming back at wide receiver. Um, we had lost a really good offensive line. We had 3d linemen that are gone now. So it was very competitive and we kind of used like the, the NFL model. If you perform your playing and we were mm -hmm. the, the, the depth chart was moving on a daily basis and became more competitive and a lot, a lot better, a lot more fun to coach. I promise you. You know, so in, in thinking about that, because you talked about not necessarily making it to focus on North Carolina, how hard is it though? Because there's been a lot of attention on this game. How hard is it to keep your team kind of focused on the main thing, which is, hey, let's improve. Let's do what we need to do daily, and the game will take care of itself when we get to it. It wasn't hard, and that was one of my worries coming to fall camp that we could be looking forward to North Carolina, and and that never happened. It was just about how can we get us better. Now, the game is here. We've had a lot more uh, media uh, come to Boone from the surrounding cities. When I say cities, Charlotte and Raleigh and Winston-Salem. But uh, it's always been the main thing is the main thing. It's concentrating on us, do the things we have to do to have a chance to win the football game because North Carolina's coming here as a very good football team. Uh, Coach Brown's recruited at a very high level. I mean, if you look at their defensive front, they're all five-star players, and they're all very good football players. And they have one of the best uh, receivers in all of college football and downs. You have an outstanding quarterback who was committed to the University of Alabama before Coach Brown got him back to come to North Carolina. So our guys know what they know. We're playing a very good football team, and we have to do the things we have to do to be successful. What's the difference, Sean, in playing these games at home? So, I mean, we, we were there. We went down, played Wake. We played Auburn. You know, they've gone to Penn State, Tennessee, everywhere else. But I know, you know, and just watching the game from afar, I thought when Miami came up there, it looked like the program's been able to kind of slow things down in those big environments, but I almost thought that Miami game, they kind of sped up a little bit uh, on us. H how different is it playing in one of these games at home, which we never used to do? Well, the first thing you sleep in your own bed and that, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a, that's a nice thing. But in, in 2016, when, when Miami came here, we weren't ready for that as a program. Coaches weren't ready for it. The players weren't ready for it. The fan base wasn't ready for it. Now you go, you know, a few years later, now we played this bigger, more bigger game, more games, power five programs on the road. 
Um, we went to Miami last year, had a chance to win that game. I just think an experience, our guys know how to handle it. And it's just one of those deals that, hey, we're more mature now as a program. This is our football team as a program. It took, it took our administration a while to learn how to run a Division One program. And now we're there now. Now, now we have everything we have to have to be successful, and we have a chance to win this Saturday. You know, Sean, it's, it's interesting because we'll talk about the North Carolina game, but I think it's fascinating because uh, App State used to always play North Carolina State when I was coming out. Um, has it been more conversation about making sure that you get some of these in-state games in? Because it certainly will help bring a spotlight to the in-state recruiting and some of the other stuff around not only App's program, but around those other programs. I'm a big proponent for in-state games. Um, if you say, It's great for all athletic departments. It's great for both programs, but it's great for the state of North Carolina. And I think we should play in-state games every single year. I mean, I'd rather play North Carolina, North Carolina State, Wake Forest, East Carolina year in and year out. I mean, why not? I can get, we can guarantee any of those schools a sold-out stadium when App State comes to town. Our, we have a very passionate fan base. They'll travel anywhere. So we can guarantee that. So why not do it? I mean, that, that's why I don't understand where we are in college football with all the realignment that's going on right now. I mean, Southern Cal is going to fly to Rutgers in a few years. <laughs> how, many, how many UFC fans are going to travel to, to, to Rutgers? <laughs> you know? But, you know, and it's unfortunate. This is only the second time in the history of both programs we played. We played in 1953, I believe, then 2019. And now we're playing in 2022 and 23 in, in Chapel Hill. So, you know, I have a lot of respect for, for Coach uh, for, let, for allowing this game to play. And that uh, Bubba Cunningham, their athletic director, uh, because they didn't have to. They could have uh, paid a buyout and, and got a, a lower-tier opponent or an FCS game, and but they didn't. And this is going to be a, one of the best college atmospheres in all the country tomorrow at noon. And if you look around the, if you look around college football, I'm not sure how many games except maybe Ohio State and, and Notre Dame is going to be sold out with the, the mm-hmm. passionate fan bases. And we have that game right here. Well, I tell you what, not only sold out fan uh, fan base here, uh, stadium's going to be rocking, but you're playing for big stakes here because uh, we, we've put it on ourselves. Uh, Nabil can come in. Our producer, has uh, he's purchased it. This is this is now going to be known as the Move the Sticks Classic. Uh, so <laughs> this, this, is a, this is a little, it looks like a little league trophy, Sean, but it's, it's trust me, there's value in this sucker. So uh, this is going to go to either – your bookshelf or to Max bookshelf. Max fired up about this little trophy. Now he 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 was very excited about what's at hand. Uh, and then uh, Bucky and I can have a bragging rights for quite some time, to s- depending on how this goes. So don't let the size of this trophy intimidate you. Okay, this gets us keep everything under control and go out there and handle business. Oh, for sure. What a, what a great looking trophy. I tell you what. But, um, but yeah. That's what, and, and 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 you guys are both you're DJ you're an app fan and app alum and Bucky Carolina but man this is awesome I mean yeah. so why would we do this more often I mean mm-hmm. I just think that these games are in, in today's time I mean in the age of college football right now why would we play this game year in and year out I mean it's great we're not going to be both killing recruits we know that but man what a great time for a great college atmosphere this, this is going to be a big time football game right here in Boone North Carolina. No, look, it's, it's it's really cool. Like, Sean, I am serious about that because I did grow up at a time where App State would always play North Carolina State, being from Raleigh. And I do know uh, the sentiments from East Carolina and their fans about playing those games. And so you're right. There's no reason why the teams in state 
shouldn't play each other, particularly East Carolina, App State, being able to rotate and play Carolina, Duke, Wake Forest, and all those things. Because I can't believe the amount of interest that there has been in this game. And I think it's fascinating for both fan bases. It is. And, you know, our profile has changed. If you go back to, mm-hmm. you know, it really started when we beat, when we beat Michigan. I mean, when, when people had the A on, everybody thought it was Army. And, <laughs> and now and now when you go recruiting and, you know, yeah. our, our kids on our, school, on our team now, they really don't remember the Michigan game. Mm-hmm. And that was a long time ago. They were, what, three, four years old? and But they remember the Tennessee game, double overtime, the Penn State game, the beating both North Carolina and South Carolina in 2019. And so, so that's the cool part about it. You know, that's just – that's where it's at right now. All right. Last last one for me, Sean. I'll let you go. I know it's a big weekend here. Um, but when we were when we were going to college, we had a place called the, the Klondike uh, where we would go get our wings – uh, beverages and uh, it's where we used to watch Buck. We used to go watch 90210 every week on Wednesday nights. Offensive line quarterbacks. That's where that was go- was going on. What do we got here? Uh, what where's the place to go uh, a- after a game? Now I don't think the Klondike is there anymore. So where where the, where do you go? The Klondike has changed has changed names. It's still there though, right beside the old laundry mat. But it's okay. uh, uh, but now we'd probably say Bella's would be the place to go after a game or Ransom. Uh, okay. I know the, the waiting line on Friday nights over two hours to get to a restaurant here in Boone. Uh, so those would be the places to go. Uh, you were up here a few years ago. It's changed. I mean, yeah. we first moved here. I told my wife it has really grown. But, you know, we got a Walmart now. So it has grown. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it's going to be an electric atmosphere. And uh, I mean, I'm very excited for both schools. And again, I really want to say thank you again to Coach Brown for, for allowing this game to happen. And, and we'll let the best team win. Uh, well, I appreciate you, man. Uh, best of luck. It's going to be fun. We're both uh, looking forward to watching this thing. We'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, but we'll catch up again down the road. Appreciate you, bud. Man, guys, appreciate having me on your program. All right, Buck. Uh, I'm fired up, man. I, uh, I, I'm i glad we're able to get these guys to, to give us some time and come on and join us during a busy game week. But uh, I know one thing. It's hard to not like Mac Brown. It's hard to not like yeah. Your, your guys, I hate saying it, but now through you know you and through this podcast getting a chance, but, wait, wait, but he's also he's also an app guy. He's an app guy. He's got app blood. He's got right. So you, can, you can't hate him because I can't. He's part. He's part of the lore. Like he has. He, has he, he gets it. He yeah. gets it. And you know, it was fascinating to me. And, and and we talk about these two conversations, but um, you know, you've got Sean who talks about kind of the prestige of North Carolina. And we've always played that card since I was there in the nineties. We always mm-hmm. played, Hey, we all wanted to go to places like this and they didn't want us. So this is our chance to kind of, you know, to, to show them what they missed out on. So that's been the same motivational tactic that's been used on the mountain for, you know, over decades. And then, but I thought Mac was interesting saying that, Hey, he's been there. He's seen it. And obviously won a national championship at Texas saw what it's supposed to look like when you were there at Carolina, mm-hmm. when it got built up, he knows what it's supposed to look like. I thought it was quite honest to say, hey, I don't know if we're there yet, but I know we'll get there. I thought that was pretty honest. Yeah, I thought it was very honest. And I appreciate it because it goes back to he said that the year we were six, four and one. We tied Georgia Tech when they eventually won the national title in 1990. And I remember he said, hey, look, man, at some point we will turn the corner. Like when you get good enough players and everyone's committed to the mission that it happened. I thought the more fascinating part was how he was envious of how uh your guy, Sean, has got an app state to play with toughness and effort and the hallmarks of the app state brand and how he looks to emulate some of those things when he's at Carolina. So, look, I think it's a fascinating matchup. Uh, it's one that certainly will be must-see TV over here uh, in L.A. 
Well, I, I think back to your line. You use this in the draft when we talk about the draft every year. Um, you talk about wanting to find uh, – I want. let me get this right. Blue chip talent with a blue collar mentality. Yeah, 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 that's right. So I think it's interesting because I think you could say – Okay, we know App has a tradition of having the blue collar work at work at work ethic. We know Carolina has a history of the blue chip players. Now the question is, does App have more blue chip players than you think, or does Carolina have more of a blue collar mentality than you think? That probably could decide this football game. Well, it's tough for me because um, when I think about it, being around football, normally effort and toughness can win you a ton, ton of games. And what's typically hard is to sometimes get blue chip players to understand how hard you must play the win because for most of your time, you've always been able to skate and cruise by on your talent. And so in a matchup like this, you have to convince a bunch of guys that you have to play harder than the other team. And sometimes that's easier said than done. And so these matchups are fun because it is a battle of wheels. It's a battle of different philosophical approaches when it comes to it. Can you get your team to play harder than the opponent for 60 minutes? And can you do it and play the right way? That's ultimately what decides the game. And just so you know, if you're wanting to uh, give me a hard time during this game, should it go uh, Carolina's favor of people on social media, you can, and I'll probably see it because I'll be on there reading it. But if for some reason it goes my team's way, don't even bother tweeting Buck. He's not going to look at it. He's not going to see any of it. You're not locked gonna in. No, nah, he's, he's locked, locked in. focused. Locked in and focused. Be, uh, laser focused. I got to put the phone away. I typically don't tweet or text in the middle of games. It's just kind of something that I've always, I've always. Yeah, done. he doesn't do it. I tried. I tried to pull, I tried to pull you in. I tried to pull no, you yeah. in. You never, no, he'll no. never join. Especially in Carolina. <laughs> bad. You think it's bad during Carolina football? I'm sure, as heck, ain't gonna talk to you. You might not talk to you two days after Carolina basketball. Game. Yeah, let that thing. Yeah, down let it sit down. Yeah. Look, look, I'm, I'm, I, look, I'm full of emotion, but I try not to be emotional when it comes to the game. Yeah. So I try and let it sit out. Make sure I can own the tweets that I put out there. So yeah, here we go. Should be fun though. It'll be fun. Uh, All right. I hope you guys have enjoyed that. Again, huge thanks to Mac Brown, Sean Clark for joining us today. Uh, The Move the Sticks Classic. That little trophy is not going to cost us much in shipping when we have to ship it to one of those two places. So that's the good news. That Um, that is the good news. (laughs) Yeah. Not going to cost much. But nice job, Nabil, of efforting getting that thing done on short notice. Uh, Anyways, that's going to do it for us today. Hope you guys have enjoyed it. Uh, Enjoy a great weekend of college football. We'll be back next week as we kick off the NFL. Uh, We'll have three episodes for you as we really preview the start of what we hope will be a fantastic NFL season. Uh, He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Daniel Jeremiah. We'll see you next time right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. 
If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.